While Beauty Lab and Laser is a professionally licensed medical facility, the hosts of this podcast are not medical professionals, nor do they claim to be. The opinions on this podcast are for entertainment only. Please seek a licensed medical professional for all medical questions. Hi, and welcome to Live Love Lab, the behind-the-scenes podcast from Beauty Lab and Laser. And I don't know actually what we're behind the scenes of, but it's a lot. (laughs) Behind the scenes of the med spa, of our lives, of our deep thoughts. Yeah, of everything. (gasps) Who goes there? Why, it is me. It is I, my friend and co-host and partner of this podcast. (laughs) Well, I don't even know what your name is yet. Well, introduce yourself, new friend. Well, hi, I'm Dre. It's lovely to meet you. Who are you? And, well, I'm Heather. Together, we are Drether. Hey, welcome Bach, everyone. (laughs) Welcome Bach. I'm Bradford Sharp. And music is our forte. Forte. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get right into it. All right. Well, I've freaking missed you. I've missed podcasting. Um, Beauty labbers out there listening, we've missed you so very, very deeply. And I just want to make it really clear right now that the reason there's been such a long hiatus between season three and season four of Live Love Lab has nothing to do with me and my availability <laughs> or my lack of commitment. It has to do mostly with Dre. She's just not on the ball. Just doesn't Absolutely. Ever, she's just here, there, everywhere, mm-hmm. scattered about. And I've been saying to her for weeks, we have to get in and start season four. Right. Yeah. Season four of the podcast. Yeah. We wanted to get it done during the summer. Must be the season of the podcast. Yep. Season of, of the, the podcast. <laughs> And so we did it. We're still in August. Yes, we're still in August. And that counts as summer? It is. Even though school now starts like mid-August. I know. When we grew up, it was like Labor Day marked end of summer. Mm -hmm. And then slowly, it's just called a hidden price hike, kids. And don't be fooled. I know. I how do you feel about it? Because I hate it, frankly. I hate it. There you are barely getting into the lull of summer Mm -hmm. when the school back to school ads start popping up. And if you don't get to Target, like Day one, the mm-hmm. ads pop up. It is ravaged. No, totally. It's like completely picked through. No, it's like, you can't even find like the, a mechanical pencil pack that's not like orange and teal, like the worst possible color combo. Right. Sorry, Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Miami, Miami. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and I feel like, okay, so they get out in May when it's not even like that warm yet because no. Utah is bipolar None and of the programs have started yeah you know, all of other people are working in other districts like there's we're you know at the office everyone's still in office mode yes yeah I know it's just crazy but yeah it is still summer and I was hoping that we could take this podcast time that we have set aside for you to just catch me up on everything oh you've been so busy and yes. you've been gallivanting all over the world. Yes, I am a gallivanter. It's just true. <laughs> I've missed you so much. And, you know, you are my source for all of the important news in my life. Well, I'm here so, for you. And where, how far back do you want to, like, do you need immediate, immediate? Or what, when's the last time you logged on to the, well, I Twitter, mean, to the uh, trending Twitter? I'm going to say beginning of summer. We need Oof. to recap the summer. Oh, that's a lot. I mean, we can start. Well, I I know about Roe v. Wade, 
That's okay. a big one. Roe v. Wade's a big one. Obviously. We lost the rights to our bodies. So yeah. glad you noted that one. That sucked. That would have been an important <laughs> one to put in the calendar. In fact, the other day, <laughs> I came home. The, I had, my kids were at home alone. I ran to Sev or something. I came home and they had poster boards out. And one of them said, um, abortion is not a choice. It's a fundamental right or something like that. And I'm this, like, this is and Christian I'm, and Roman. Yeah, but they were coloring on it. They'd obviously found oh, it. Elsha had stashed oh, got it. it. Okay, okay. And I, I was, was like, like, they knew how to spell those. No, words? and I'm like, this. My kids are using like abortion rights posters as their like backdrop to their new coloring project. Oh what, my gosh, what, what is life? What is world? What does the world become? <laughs> I mean, truly, did you ever think we'd get to this state in policy and politics in America? No. No, it's so it's like for all of the gains of social progress that we had, mm-hmm. we are like slamming us right back into Gilead. Yeah. Where we have zero sovereignty. Yeah. Over our bodies and our choices. Yeah. It's absolutely Shock one up for the patriarchy. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. What a world. What, what a, a world, world we live in. Yeah. That was a huge one. And then. um well, I don't know if you saw this one's a more immediate one, but Chrissy Teigen is pregnant. Oh, <gasps> I didn't know that because she had a miscarriage, didn't yeah, she, she? A little a, while ago, yeah, a few months had, ago, and she still had some um, embryos, I guess. Like I don't really know, but I just know that she's been she's pregnant enough now that she felt confident enough to announce it. Oh, in a pair of sexy Gucci panties on Instagram. I mean, her body obvi. cocoa buttered and the angles and lighting perfect. Hats <laughs> off to you, Chrissy Teigen. You know how to do a pregnancy announcement right. My pregnancy announcement was a pregnancy test in a Ziploc bag. Just kidding. <laughs> Placed so delicately with no ceremony on my husband's pillow. <laughs> oh, I love and it. And that's probably why I'm divorced. So um, <laughs> here we go. I even hated just saying that right now. Isn't that weird? That you're divorced? Yeah. Oh. Do you hate saying it? No. Well, there must be something wrong with you. I'm very comfortable <laughs> very with comfortable it. Saying, well, I'm getting comfortable. Yes. Just like with how you are getting comfortable with the word moist. Am I, though? I don't know. Certainly moist enough to be. <laughs> okay. So that was a little fun surprise. And speaking of pregnancy, how many people are pregnant at Beauty Lab again now? Oh, my gosh. got to start passing out condoms with their health packages. I know. I know. Yeah, we have um, a few pregnant. We've got a few pregnant. We've. I mean, something's in the water, Heather. Yeah, well, or do we just, I mean, are we just hiring uh, women of a certain age? <laughs> that certain age being... Are we just hiring girls of uh, a certain 20s. energy? Yeah. <laughs> we no. like kindred spirits around here. We've got some Beauty Lab babies on the way. That'll be fun. And I think for a while I thought they were getting pregnant so that I would throw them a shower. Well, now I'm put that out of, you know, now they're just getting a pack of cigarettes and a six pack. I'm saying, enjoy this once you deliver. You know? <laughs> hey, welcome back to the world of the living. Um well, I don't, I mean, I know that you know intimately, like we had a big, big month of June. I was in New York with Jen. Yes. And then a turn of events, a swift turn of events over yes. the course of a few hours when um, she pled guilty, ending what we thought was going to be a trial this summer that was going to take up most of the summer. And um, it ended that and it started a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just in the midst of that. So um, that has been a huge thing, I think a big news item. Yeah. And then uh UGT, I spent most of July in Thailand. Tell me everything. Well, I you think all can't. I'm allowed to say is no, I think they posted a picture. Yeah. And it's official that I was part of the Ultimate Girls Trip number three. 
So exciting. And I went with all the big dogs to the island. Island. It's not an island. <laughs> there were islands there. <laughs> Let me be clear. To the peninsula that is Thailand. And was it beautiful? Yeah. It's, it is It is the other side of the world. And you don't realize how big the world is and how small and insular your world is until you really break on through to the other side. I mean, I felt that distinctly. Yeah. You fly over that international timeline and you land in a world that is just, you know, 33 hours of travel away from where you I live. I can't even wrap my it's head around far. that. It's far, far, far. And I loved Thailand and I loved it so much, but I was familiar with a lot of the kind of tropes of Thailand, you know, the palm trees and the water and, sure. the, and the food and the people and like the imagery. I mean, it was beautiful and fascinating, but like the Middle East, when I was in Qatar, that's when I really just felt how micro, you know, microscopic my mm. world was. And mm-hmm. you just see all of the different um, clerics and people and women and different versions of modesty and religious clothing and totally. just huge families. And you just realize that the other side of the world lives completely different than us. And for me to be squawking about my exposed shoulder, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. but then you also think of the commonalities, like all of these women understand a patriarchal religion and they understand a high demand religion and they understand being a woman and a wife and a mother. Yep. And that was like, it just, I felt this absolute connection and respect. Mm-hmm. And also just gratitude for like, you know, you throw all of you, throw your problems in a pile, you'll take yours and walk away every time, <laughs> you know? Totally. There's there's definitely some kindred energy there. Totally. For sure. I feel the same way. Because yeah. I, I lived in the Middle East for a summer and totally had that same experience of like, oh, I get it. Like, you yeah, know. It's not a giant leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you um, majored in Arabic studies. Yes. You speak Farsi. I brought her home. Arabic, Some, but and whatever, I, dude. I'm so sick of that. What? So, Farsi is Persian, and it's it's not a Semitic language. And okay, well, everyone here, Google Semitic language, and well, then Arabic and tweet Hebrew. Me. <laughs> Wait, you speak Arabic. What was the word I said? I brought her back some. You know, it, they don't look like sweets to me because they're brown and they have nuts. But apparently, they're, oh, the they're considered. Okay, the Hillowas. Yeah. <laughs> so I brought her back some Hillowas from, I don't want to say this out loud, from the airport. <laughs> but that is, the airport was like better than any totally. mall I, in America. I have to say they were delicious. They were? I they still fresh? I loved them, yes. Okay. They were, tasted so good. And they you just can't make, even like, because it was very similar to baklava, I would say. Because yeah. it has the phyllo dough and it has like, you know, the, the rose water and the, you know, it's, oh. It's so good. Rose water. That's yeah, in like baklava? it's like it's like well in this in these sweets that yeah. she's, she's struggling for the English words to describe the holy water. It's delicious. I cannot. The English is weak here. I cannot. I cannot find the words to express how I feel. No, sometimes there's rose water in like the simple syrup because you know how you soak the phyllo dough in. Yeah, I know in nothing like, about baklava. Oh well. Anyway, it's is a it lot. Greek too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Greek and like all of the Mediterranean countries. Yeah, okay. um, but they just do it differently there, and it's so good. And it was, it like really brought a tear to my eye because it, I it knew was it nostalgic. would. It's and it's a it's a Proustian experience. Yes, when you can yes. t- eat something, and and it's like same with France. Like there was a French bakery in in Provo, Utah, 
that um, imported their flour, imported their ovens, imported their butter, because it's it's an element of the base ingredients that are completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. they're milled a different way, they're, they taste a different way, they're cooked a different way, and that you just cannot replicate it unless you have, you know, the right utensils and ingredients. Totally. There was, I'll tell you right now, I knew that the halawa, am I saying it wrong? No, that's right, halawa. Halawa were going to be delicious because there was this carrot coconut soup there. And I wasn't going to eat, I usually don't like airplane food. I usually don't like lounge food ever. Uh huh. But it looked, I just, everything looked so good. And I was in Qatar and I was, I'd been there, you know, I had a little quiet room and I just, went for the bowl of soup and it was like I could have licked it was it so good it was so good and then I had to leave because they had like a person coming to take me through and I was I was like does anyone have a Ziploc baggie like I want to take this soup with me it was so delicious I'm going to google it and figure out how to make it but I know it instinctively won't taste the same because of those differences yes because yeah you have to source the ingredients from the same yeah same place totally our coconuts are not their coconuts our carrots are not their carrots it's like the same reason that mcdonald's diet coke tastes the same everywhere because they import their water oh yeah speaking of um i did not have the chance to eat at mcdonald's um while in thailand i did eat at burger king okay ignited my love for the whopper Okay. And not the fries. The fries did not hit in Thailand, nor did they hit in the States for me. How interesting. They're too dense and they're too mealy. Okay. Yeah. Mealy. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But a McDonald's fry would have knocked me out of the water. I heard that the breakfast sandwiches in Thailand had a cheeseburger hamburger bun instead of the muffin. Oh. So the McMuffins must be difficult to get in Thailand. How interesting. Certain things were hard to get in Thailand. I'll tell you one thing that was... I'm not going to tell you because it would make me a criminal. But um, weed had recently been made legal. Okay. Uh And so that industry was booming. I went to a little store with a few of my co-stars called Greenhead. And I ordered some gummies, but they were um, like melted gummy bears. And then we got two brownies that Whitney served at one of her dinners. But Wait, so is it recreationally legal in thailand or yes. do you have to have a car like no a card medical? no prescription okay. it's just okay. retail but it's only like the nuggets or the the flower the flower mm-hmm. but see you guys call them flower but it's just green that's the flower yeah, but the it's plant? the bud yeah okay i mean honestly we really it's like i watched cheech and chong once and like <laughs> growing up and everyone seems to have had a full other education we really me. need to have mark on the um we do podcast that's because on our the, list for if, season four it's like there's bud and flower with it's like cucumber flowers and i don't understand it anyway um it's legal there but uh which also was shocking me because of the whole britney griner thing nine years in a moscow prison she got sentenced britney griner's the olympian two-time gold medal olympian and member of a russian basketball team she plays for the some team in Phoenix when she's on the WNBA. Oh, okay. The WNBA? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was had a cartridge, a cannabis cartridge, oil cartridge in her luggage, and it was found by the Russian authorities, and no. they detained her, and she's been detained for six months, and she had a trial. Her attorneys there told her to plead guilty. It was a mistake. It was less than one gram. She had no intent to distribute or sell, or just she has a medical card for it. And... Um, uh, they sentenced her. The maximum time was 10 years. She'd already served six months in a Moscow prison. Holy. And they sentenced her after um, Russian teammates testified on her behalf. She testified of her chronic pain, and they showed her medical warrant. They showed how little there was in her bag. They sentenced her with leniency for nine and a half years. 
Oh. They counted the six months she already served. So she is facing nine and a half years in Moscow for um, a weed cartridge pen. Jeez, that's messed up. It is messed up. That is messed up. And just, uh, I think today, the Kremlin released a thing saying that they will not engage in megaphone politics with the U.S. So, like, basically, keep keep running your mouth in the press, and she's uh-huh. just going to she's gonna serve every goddamn day. That's what I picture Putin saying. That is so sad. Every day she stays in prison. Does that sound like Putin? Exactly. Oh, no. Exactly good. like I him. do Dolph Lundgren from Rocky IV. Let's hear it. I will break you. <laughs> Drago. <laughs> wow. Well, that is scary. And that is also maybe why um, I will never be traveling internationally yeah, ever well, again. Because you got to put the gummies up your butt in a balloon, Dre, if you're going to go across Jeez, international lines. That's terrifying that to me. That is terrifying. Terrifying. Because I thought, okay, it's a little kangaroo court. They're going to like make an example of it and send her home. And I still thought six months. And then she's like... This guy that was apparently in prison for two years in Moscow, nobody said a word about it. He's like, I know how you feel, Brittany. It was, it was really hard for me. And I thought, two years? What? I would be upset if customs made me sit in a room for three hours. I know. For real. <laughs> Let alone nine and a half years. Wow. Oh, that is heartbreaking. No, it is horrible. And I don't know it's how. Ruining. They've got to get her out. Like, yeah. get, Don't we have like the strongest army in the world? Isn't this exactly like, where's Liam Neeson? Exactly. Send him in there. Thank you. Yeah. She's in a Moscow or women's you, or prison. Do you remember, it's a, it's um, a felony. It's a, pe- a felon camp or something. Do you remember Broke Down Palace with Claire Danes? Yeah. And who's the other? But didn't she tape kilos of cocaine to her body? Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. But they got out. The dad fought for it. It's true. So, well, who played the dad? We got to call him. I, I want to say that it was Bill Paxton, but I think that I just picture Bill Paxton as the dad for everything. Yeah, and Bill Paxton passed away. I know. Sad. I know. Bill Paxton's in the book. Bad Mormon's been happening this summer, too. Okay, yes. I know that that has been like the other major thing. Well, the pub date got pushed back. Okay, because yes. Because the book is so good and because I needed to work with it a little bit more. But the final deadlines were while I was in Thailand. Hold on. I got to eat the Skittle. Wow, Skittles are juicy. Yeah, they are. They're a hard candy to talk and walk. <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. Probably shouldn't put the Skittles right out in front of me. I'm a cat. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Um, Bill Paxton made the book. Because there's a special right. reveal in the book that it's a secret I've never told anyone about when I was a missionary in France. And le Bill Paxton, il est, il est là. Bill Paxton, bienvenue. So yeah, he's in the book. That's oh, kind that's, of a fun turn. I'm really, he also played the dad in Big Love, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Um, so he's a Mormon in, he's in such his a heart. Mormon. He's played a Mormon and wore garments for a lot of his career. Yep. He's such a Mormon. He gets it. He just has that vibe. Um, I'm very, very excited for the book. I, I mean, you should be. You're in it. You got, got a lot of sections. I'm, I'm just... It's been and so... And I made you look good like you asked. Well, thanks. I mean, jeez. Yeah, no, don't, make, don't make me look bad. I'm going to rent a Lamborghini for your reunion, I can tell. (laughs) So um, what do you, like for you, I know, so like, I'm I'm falling over myself here. I have that effect on people. Oh my gosh. She's a fan, folks. She's a fan. I'm a little rusty here. (laughs) God. Um, So your book is a memoir. Yes. And it's really just you telling the story of your life, correct? Yes. Once upon a time, there was this phenomenon born. So what have been your sources? Like, did you journal when you were little? Yes. I took, I had meticulous journals, including ones that I should burn. (laughs) 
There's one thing I'd written in blue Sharpie that leaked through to three pages of really tender, wonderful stuff that I could never burn. And it was like, Scott Beep is going to pay me $50 to pretend to be his girlfriend on Monday. Woo! I'll be rich. Oh, <laughs> that my. one, That one is burned in my brain. Now I've just shared it with the world. But yeah, I kept meticulous journals. Okay. I was a journaler. And did your mom like scrapbook for you too? My mom scrapbooked like every detail of my life from okay. birth to, you know to when I left the church when she burned them all in a pile no I'm just kidding she scrapbooked every day like the words I said my first you know food like she audio taped me video recorded and I have felt like I've watched my own life back you know and plus I have five siblings who are my memory keepers as well and then just friendships and just kind of the way I think I experienced life like I see it was easy for me to remember those tap in and remember those memories yeah and I just tried to like tell the things that were most formative and like the pivotal moments where I you know, fell deeper into my belief structure or felt my authentic self screaming to get out, you know, just kind of those moments. But the problem is there's so many of them that you can't fit them all in a book. So this book is just kind of a A to Z. An overview. An overview of the pivotal points in my life and childhood that, and how I came out on the other side and basically what I thought my life was going to be, what I was prepared for it to be, how it turned out differently. And then I, how I kind of picked up the pieces after that. And so that's the overall arc, I would say. And mm-hmm. then it's against the backdrop, of course, my faith in Mormonism and my being discovered as a housewife of Salt Lake City. Right. But really, it was my you know individuation with Beauty Lab and Laser, I think, and having the business and having the divorce and just being a single, all the single ladies again. Mm-hmm. You know, that full circle moment where you go back to who you were, like as a 10-year-old girl full of magic and promise and hope. I don't have hope, promise, or magic, but... I still have myself. <laughs> I would beg to differ. I think you have all of those things. Yeah, maybe just dampened a little bit. Yeah. But you never get back to that point. But yeah, just kind of coming back to only being beholden to yourself and your children and your family and yeah. your yeah. job. Yeah. I'm still a woman. And Heavenly Father. <laughs> I know, and Heavenly Father. <laughs> well, I'm really excited for it to come out. And do you, do you have a release date? Yeah, it's in end of January, and it's going to coincide kind of with the season finale of salt lake city i think it should okay be timed around that time and oh amazing um hopefully when ugt is airing too it'll kind of be a, okay. a triple threat there oh we're like just the gonna EGOT be of unscripted television with, with all things heather gay i can't wait should be fun january 2023 is gonna be a big month for for the heather hive i'm excited i'm excited too should so i mean did you ever think that you would write a book um I always hoped I would, but I imagined it would be erotica. <laughs> Anonymous See, erotica. That's I, what I, thought I completely would thought that you would write a book, even before you became a housewife. Really? Uh-huh, for sure. Because you love to write. Yeah. And I know knew about your um, I have children's book idea. Management skills. Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I thought, yes. Yeah. And, but I thought for sure you would write a novel. And I would, I mean, I'm happy you wrote a memoir because your story is amazing. I also really want you to write a novel someday. Well, I know exactly the plot that I want to write. Do you want to be my co-writer? Uh-huh. We have to use Anonymous Wombat, too. I promise I'd never write a single word without you, Wombat. <laughs> um, yeah, I okay. know exactly. It's so good. And the title is Little White Lie. Ooh. And the premise is there's no such thing as a white lie, or is there? Okay. Because we always say 100% honesty, but you have talked about 100% radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that's very different than radical honesty. Absolutely. And uh, I think that we forget like a lie told for a good reason or a 
an, a harmless lie. Like, is there anything, is it, there any truth to like a harmless lie? Yes. And I think that there's a lot of truth to a harmful truth. Okay. I, yeah. I agree. And this book is going to challenge that premise through a narrative about a mother, son, and a murder. Ooh, I love this. Okay. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Who wants to sign up? Pre-order White Lie. Little White Lie. I think just White Lies. Okay. I like White Lies. Because it could Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's off good. air, you're going to have to oh, tell me the whole as story. As soon as you sign an NDA. Absolutely. Right. Hey. But I am working on Bad Mormon Cookbook, which will be coming out as soon as Bad Mormon is revealed. Okay. And is that going to be like what? Mormon Comfort Foods? Pioneer Mormon Comfort Foods coupled with Fine Wines and Spirits and... uh Cocktails featuring some of my favorite housewives' signature um, liqueurs. We're going to have Marisol Patton come up with some cockies for us, and Lisa Barlow come up with some Vita tequila specialties, and uh, Rinna Rose, you know, to go with your adobe chicken casserole (laughs) and your homemade rolls. And who doesn't like a bottle of who else has alcohol? Oh, and mocktails. We'll use uh, Margaret Joseph's mocktails. Totally. And what about um, Skinny Girl? Oh, skinny girl margarita. Hi. So when we do open face soft tacos for the family, <laughs> when we do BYU Cougarit Navajo tacos, do they change that? They called it the Navajo taco. Not, what do we call it? Navajo. Yeah, they called it Navajo tacos. Yeah. I think that's what they're still called. Still called? Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't um, want to say the wrong what thing. What about um, Hawaiian haystacks? Did you oh, ever have that's those? that's absolutely 100%. Yeah. That, we actually call them the Jen Shaw Hawaiian haystacks. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So perfect. She claims she didn't eat them a lot growing up, but we know that's a lie. <laughs> but they're delicious. <sighs> All of them are, What else is in it that you would... Oh, the Texas sheet cake brownies. Oh, yes. <laughs> How yeah. about the scotcheroos? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but what about... I mean, you're, are you going to do like a husband cake, like a yellow cake with, with chocolate. the chocolate frosting mm-hmm. yes yeah. and we'll do the better than sex cake that just we don't allow we better than beep that we serve <laughs> you know, young women my hilarious step family um one time we were having that cake and my she cute, still can't say the name out loud my sweet stepmom said we're not calling it better than sex cake <laughs> and my stepbrother said okay better than intercourse cake <laughs> and we all died <laughs> Shout better out to Mark. Making, better than making love cake. <laughs> I know. To my we were celestial like companion. It was so funny. Better than intercourse. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna. We're gonna call it that as a nod to Mark. Um, yeah, and did you ever have the Russian dressing apricot jam chicken over rice? Yes. Yeah, that makes it. What did you guys call? It? I called it Russian apricot chicken. We just called it apricot chicken. Well, my family was more international. You we didn't, certainly we didn't cut were. The Russians I out, but after this were. Brittany Griner thing, is we're calling it apricot chicken. <laughs> The Russians can just, you know. Well, I'm super excited for this um, cookbook. Are you going to include a hot toddy? Gag me, I'll have to. You have to, just just for me. You know what I'm going to include? I'll include the hot toddy, and then I'll include its non-alcoholic counterpart, which is a hot tamale, a lemon head, with a sip of iced tea. (laughs) And that tastes like a... That tastes like a hot toddy without the buzz. <laughs> so for kids that want to play tea or play bar, I'll say, sure, have a, a round of hot toddies for you all. I'll take a hot tamale, lemon head, put it in their mouth, start chewing, and then I'll give them a thimble of iced tea. And that's what alcohol tastes like, kids. I love it. It's disgusting. <laughs> okay, well, before um, we wrap up, the pick and save margarita will be in the cookbook too. P.S. That's a little tease. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Can you give us a teaser at all, like a little story? I'm, I'll delete this if you can't. But can you give us like a little, can you tell us a story from your book? Totally. Um, okay. So you can give us a little teaser, maybe? 
I can. Do you want it in just like a couple of paragraphs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Let's have a little preview, okay, a sneak me... preview on the podcast. Sneak preview. Okay. This, I could read you a little section from chapter one. It's okay. about my mom and me when I was a little girl. Okay. I think people might relate. Okay. I don't know. I'm excited. Okay. My mom was an enigma, a sarcastic tour de force that was supremely competent in all the creative arts. If you wanted to turn in a winning essay or art fair project, you wanted my mom as your consultant. She knew how to sprinkle salt on my watercolor painting of an ocean wave to make it foamy, to add a topless mermaid on a rock outcropping to a drawing of an island to create intrigue, to use words like ermine and gilded to describe something regal. She always smelled of Paco Rabanne and could wear red lipstick without it smearing or getting on her teeth. The kind of mom that added a dollop of Cool Whip and a bendy straw to your glass of milk just because she knew it would thrill you. I'd follow her around the house like a groupie and watch her sit on the end of her bed with a compact mirror, applying her makeup slowly and methodically, the mascara wand hovering midair as she was distracted by the soap operas on the television in her bedroom. Oh, Heather, don't watch this. It's not for kids, she would say, her eyes glued to the screen. Those words filled me with illicit joy. She would say the same thing to me when I got to stay up late to have her comb my hair and set it in pink rollers or twist it into braids. I learned to hand her the comb or curler as slowly as possible to extend the task and prolong our time together. All my other siblings were in bed, and I considered these moments alone sacred. I'd sit quietly while her hands worked their way through my hair. When she was finished, I'd creep onto my stomach and push my body back until it was equal with the couch and out of her line of vision. The stakes were high. Any sudden movement or sound would remind her of my presence and get me unceremoniously sent to bed before the first note of the Hill Street Blues theme song played on the 24-inch screen in the dimly lit living room. I could tell which shows were for kids and which shows were not for kids based on the main characters. If they seemed like they could be Mormon, then the show was safe to watch. If they did not seem Mormon, it was best to turn the channel. Because of my community, I had been surrounded by a specific type of faith, a specific type of success that was easy for me to recognize. I would see a mom and a dad with kids on television or in a movie, and it was obvious to me that if they seemed happy and well-adjusted, then they were most assuredly Mormon. The Partridge family? Mormon. Tom Hanks? So Mormon I could taste it. <laughs> Even as a bachelor disguising himself as a woman on Bosom Buddies, he still seemed Mormon. Peter Scolari, t- Peter Scolari too. To me, they were just well-meaning Mormon guys working the system until they found a wife. Dick Van Patten, a good-time guy driving a minivan of highly independent children on Eight is Enough? Now that is a Mormon man. And not just a Mormon man, but a bishop. He'd never make it to the Big 12 apostle status. He was too easy going for that, but he would definitely be a bishop. And not just any bishop, a fun bishop. The kind that would keep your secrets and not make you break up with your boyfriend. The kind that would let their son marry a soap star and a real housewife of Beverly Hills. With a Dick Van Patten by my side, anything was possible. Love it. That's the cheese. Because Dick Van Patten's son married um, Eileen Davidson. That's right. Which is so strange because Dick Van Patten's Mormon and he doesn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) He's a secret Mormon. Does he not look like the most eponymous Mormon man? Completely. Those of you who don't know who Dick Van Patten is, give him a goob. Give him a goob right now. Yeah. And you will see pure Mormon. Yes. Yes. I'm a Mormon. (laughs) Yes, I am. (sighs) Well, I'm very, very excited about your book, Heather. It's going to be great. It was that I feel highly vulnerable after reading that, and I'd like to beep, beep, beep my way out of here. So, so we could good. wrap this up now. Hey, do you know so what? I can go sit in the fetal position. Listen, the world's going to be reading it come January. So I know. Though, why do you scare me like that? Get comfortable. Shit balls. Everybody who listens to this, show Heather some love. Tell the, tell her how <laughs> it's much so you hard, love it. You guys, I'm so vulnerable. It's going to be so great. Did I'm you, excited. Okay. Well, I'm I trusted. Hey, so um, speaking of, though, showing us some love, we have a Live Love Lab Instagram. And I yes. don't know if people know about they don't it. don't know that. And it's but so it good. So great. It's the best part of us. It is so, so great. And um, you guys, 
just uh, so our friend Shay, he's he's uh, running the Instagram yeah, for he's us. He's our Instagram guru, and he puts together the best little clips and videos, and it is so fun. It's at live.love.lab, just like the little period. Yes, we like to give a nod to our menses, so dot we say at podcast. live. Oh, dot podcast. Yeah. Shit. It's at okay. Beep. <laughs> it's at live dot la, la. <laughs> Read it, Dre. <laughs> At live.love.lab.podcast. Okay. Yeah. We wanted three periods in there. We wanted a full quarter of menses cycles. So hey, but do you know what? It's probably, is it in your bio, in on your Instagram yes, bio? Yes, it should it's be, in except my... I've been really pushing the book lately, so maybe there's not room. I'll put it's, it in. I'll put it in, back. It's in my bio, too. Now that we're doing, um, uh, now that we're doing season, wait, what was I? Four. Yeah, season we're season four. four. Oh my gosh, now I feel good about broadcasting it before it was just like this hanging shame over my head but we're back kids we're back yes we're back aren't you glad this was totally smooth yes oh i know we're not rusty at all (laughs) not rusty one bit i have to be editing we were writing books we were traveling to thailand we were fighting crime we've been doing everything yeah (laughs) just you know driving our kids well my kids to soccer every 52 seconds which is why i have to go right now tournament soccer tournament oh anyway but uh remember besides you know just everything's crazy and but great the lab (laughs) loves you yes that was a quote you don't want to write down (laughs) just remember everything's crazy it's still great (laughs) and you know fill in the blanks and the lab loves you and And life is short by the lips probably recognize my voice excuse me my voice you might recognize it welcome back this is b sharp Classical music is our forte.